and we're going to talk today about health and wellness. This is a health and wellness piece. He's been through a life-changing event, and I'm going to let him talk about his story. Hello, um, I'm James Kearney, as you said. Um, recently, I struggled with some health, serious health issues, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, I was on an insulin pump for about 20, 20 years, and... Uh, so I just, I didn't just decide, but myself and my family decided that I needed to do something uh, with my health. So I, I tried exercising and it helped, but it didn't, didn't do everything. So I went to a procedure and the procedure that I went to is called the dual switch. It's a type of bariatric surgery that's consists of the sleeve and the bypass at the same time. So now you spoke about your surgery and the things that had you going, but what in your life led you to making that type of decision? Because it doesn't just happen overnight. You really start explaining your story on the lifestyle you started and okay. what started happening with you and right. what brought you to that point. So my health uh, deteriorated very quickly uh, as I got up in age. Um, my family, my wife in particular, she, uh, she recently at that time it's had a call in to become a minister and one day I was in the room laying down and some days I never even got out the bed I just didn't even want to leave the house it's miserable uh, depressed and she came in the room and she said to me she said uh, she said Jay she said you have to get up out that bed she said God told me to tell you that the doctors have done all they can do and there's nothing else they can do you got to do the next move you got to get up out their bed and that did something to me. It did something to my heart and to my spirit. Uh, it motivated me to get moving, but as I walked every day at the weight of almost 400 pounds, uh, I think it contributed to another injury with my back, and that was a setback. And they always say the devil is busy, so when you're trying to do something positive, there's always something to come up that will let you down or make you think that you need to stop. Uh, so it, it, it upset me, it, and I was depressed because I had to go through a serious back surgery. And after I got through with this back surgery, I knew there was nothing I couldn't do anymore that I needed to do for myself. So I looked into uh, bariatric surgery, which I had looked into it years ago, but I was a little frightened to do it. But what took me over was my son, my oldest son came to me and he said, Dad, I'm not currently ready to have a family yet, but I'm concerned because when I'm ready to have a family, I want my kids to experience their grandfather because you're a great dad. And it touched my heart. My wife, along with my oldest son, really was, was the deciding factor on my surgery. So the process was lengthy. It was a nine-month process before I could even get scheduled for the operation. Well, what kind of mental state was you going through as a transition? Because just like you said, it was a hard process to even have the concept of. But what were you going through mentally? Mentally at that time, uh, I was already going through depression, so it didn't really affect me at that time. The preparation didn't. However, mental health did play a big role in after I had the surgery. But before that, prior to that, I was already going through depression. When you're obese and feeling sick and feeling ill and not able to enjoy your family and enjoy activities, uh, it, it's depressing because you, when you come into a relationship with a person, you don't expect them to you to have to take care of them or them to be disabled at some point quicker than normal lifespan. So it, it, when you get in your 80s and 90s, if God blessed you that long, then it's acceptable. But in your 40s and 50s, you don't expect to be 
disabled, and, and it was it was hard for me. So uh, mentally, at that point, I was already going through some things because of my health issues. Now, fast forward. I was tough all the way until they scheduled my surgery because at this time I had lost 30 pounds and I was feeling good and I said hey you know maybe I don't need this surgery I said wait a minute I, I might not want to do this surgery so I was having second thoughts um, but the only thing that bothered me at that time my diabetes was still bad and I still had that insulin pump on pumping all day long I had sensors going off all night I had a loud CPAP machine on every night, and I know that affected my wife, and I it affected me. So I know it affected her. So because of yeah, so because of that, I, I decided to just put my fears aside and go along, go with it, scared and all, and I did it. So when you first got released from the hospital, what was your? We'll even back up further than that. When you first woke up from surgery, what was that initial feeling like? I was happy that I, I, I did the surgery, but I was concerned because uh, it was, uh, you don't know. Anytime you go through a surgery like that, you know, for one, you can die from it. Any surgery that's serious, you can die from. You can die from almost anything, but you know for a fact that there's been casualties from this type of surgery. So when I woke up, that's the first thing that was on my mind. <laughs> was I going to make it? <laughs> Thank God I'm awake, but am I going to make it? So. Okay. Uh, I just wanted my I just wanted my family there. I, I just wanted to see them. I just I wanted the comfort of them, letting them to to tell me that you did the right thing. It's okay. You're gonna be all right. And that was important to me at that time. Okay. So now the process, because the, the surgery was the main part, but there's a process after that. That you was you ready for what was to come? Or I had no idea what to expect and and I know a lot of people won't have an idea what to expect but it was more than I thought so whew, where do I start okay first of all when I was in the hospital let me go back there when I was in the hospital this is when my first uh, mental health breakdown started after surgery and when okay. I was trying to recover in the hospital to come home turn the TV on and all I saw were food commercials <laughs> food commercials for you. Uh, Burger King, McDonald's you name it, every food you wanted was up there and I loved to eat and I was so depressed my stomach was growling I wanted to eat, I felt like I could eat a cow at that time and I was sick to my stomach mentally that's where the mental breakdown started there so when I got home, yes it did get it got better because I was around my family around my loved ones, my, my wife took very good care of me, she made me warm broth and, and she just showed me some love along with my rest of my family so it helped a lot uh, but mentally if you're not ready for it you you, uh, you really need to research because it's a lot with your mental health if you are uh, after you have the surgery just smelling foods because because you change your habits and because you had a surgery doesn't mean everyone in your home is going to change their habits right. so they're not going to curb their cooking and you smell that food and it drives you insane sometimes it makes you even sick because you know you can't eat it and it just turns your whole appetite you just it's it's a lot but if i had to answer a question if i would do it again my only regrets today is that i didn't do it sooner Okay, that sounds sensible. And why do you say that's your regret is you didn't do it sooner? Why? Be, what? Be, because I missed out on a lot of uh, a lot of fun 
And what I mean by that is, my family, we, we're big road runners. We go all over the place, all over the country. We go travel everywhere. And so when I was somewhat healthy, and I was able to enjoy it, you know, we'd go running, we'd go to Mexico, we'd go here, we'd go to California. It was nothing to us. Uh, I used to love taking a long road drive. It was nothing like it until diabetes hit. And when diabetes hit, you can't see at nighttime. It's just almost impossible. So I didn't want to drive anymore because I felt it was dangerous. So I missed out on a lot of family stuff, but I also enjoyed the working field. I, I, I was in a field that I really loved doing. And if I had have had this surgery earlier, I probably would have been far ahead in, in that career or e even in my personal businesses. Well, okay. You're trying to shy away from it, but what? he was a sergeant in law enforcement, so you yeah. was doing public service. You was one of I the was, first I, I was uh, doing, responders, right? Yes, I was one of the first responders. I um, actually was working for a county that uh, they, they gave out special awards, firearm awards, and to my knowledge, there hadn't been an African-American to win this award ever. For record. For record. For fact, right. it was he was the first African-American to be a marksman and win that award. That's right. And, and not, Several times. And that's right. And Don't be so humble. Not only did I, did I uh, do it once, but I said to myself, if somebody beat me, they're going to have to shoot 100 plus one. <laughs> and they couldn't do it. And so, uh, but I did make them stop giving the award out because after I got the award about four or five times, they didn't even give the award anymore. They just, they used to give a big celebration and have a bunch of people come in the room and dress you with an award. After I won it about four, four times in a row, they said I'd just give them a certificate and let it go. And okay. that was that. Changing history for things. <laughs> yes. So now getting back to what you were talking about with mental health, because that's important, because you were saying that um, to read and do a lot of research, but even more than doing a lot of research, you would need really someone, a counselor, a professional to really talk with you because they do assign that as a part of your process, is it a not? Absolutely. In the beginning, you have one of the one of the uh, requirements is that you see a psychologist. And uh, if you don't do that, they, they, they won't even let you get the surgery. First of all, the surgery is serious and they have to they have to clear you competent in order to do it, along with a bunch of other tests, cardio, uh, pulmonary. A lot of different things. They really, if you go to the right bariatric clinic, and I, I, I uh, advise you all to research. Just don't go to a place and say oh, they do bariatrics. Research it. Research their like history. all medical research. Research their casualties because mm -hmm. this is very important. Uh, they took good care of me and they made sure that I was well prepared for their parts. Now the recovery parts, they did not prepare me for this. And I don't think anybody can unless they've been through the operation themselves. And what part did they prepare you for? Ooh. Well, where do I start? <laughs> uh, for one, your digestive change. Uh, okay. And what I mean by that is once you have that bypass, the food no longer stays in your small intestines. That's where most of the fine digestions go. And your food processes in your small intestines. Well, since I had the bypass, it goes straight to my large intestines and then out. And because of that, the foulest smell you ever want to smell comes out of you that you won't even if believe. If you had smell of vision, you would leave right now. You would never believe it. And it's unreal. But the gas, the bloating. Uh, and, and I recently found something out about that. I'll talk about that later. But uh, that's one part. The other part is... 
You have to do exercise with the surgery. But they, they teach you you need to walk, but you need to do more than just walk because everybody don't have thousands of dollars to have skin surgeries and all that stuff. So I, I advise you to get into some kind of weight training or weight toning to tighten your skin up and feel it. When that fat comes out, it's going to leave sagging skin. So you want to be able to feel that sagging skin so it don't sag. So you need to fill it with muscles, even if it's toning or building. It's going to be very hard to build muscles now because your food doesn't digest the same and you don't get all the nutrients from the foods you eat. You get so let's slow. Mm -hmm. Because you're talking about how you're not going to get the nutrients. Now, it's all different types of different kind of surgeries. Right. The kind that you had has that side effect, which is what? What kind of called It's called the dual switch. So they call it the dual switch for short. And that is two surgeries in one. It's the sleeve, where they remove 90% of your stomach and leave a small portion left. And they do the bypass at the same time. This is a long surgery, four to five hours operation. So it's very serious. Mm -hmm. Unlike yeah. the band, because you can get a band, which is a simple operation, relatively in and out, same day. They're all dangerous, but I mean, they're oh. different ranges. That's yeah. why you have to check with your medical and uh, make sure that you're doing what's best for your lifestyle and your ability, because some people are not going to be able to stick to the regime that you go through, which is what? How does your day consist of food? My day consists of lots of protein. And what I mean by lots of protein, uh, is that first of all, it's expensive. So if you're thinking it's go you're going to get away with something and be cheaper, you're not. Because I did, did a couple of things. The medications that I used to get, a lot of them are gone. 90% of them are gone. But mm -hmm. also my insurance covered 95% of that insurance. I only had a small copay. However... Now that I had this surgery, I have to take multiple vitamins, and I mean lots of them, every day, three times a day. Insurance does not cover that, so that has to come out your pocket. Now, you also have to take lots of protein because the food you get, you're going to never be able to get enough protein from the amount of food that you eat because your stomach is small and it won't allow you to eat that much food at one time. So that's why you have to have concentrated portions of protein. And I, I start off in the morning with uh, Greek yogurt, zero calories, zero fat, zero sugar. 30 grams of protein in a protein shake and one bottle of water, and I am full to the rim. That's what I start off with at 6 o'clock in the morning. All right, so now that's 6 o'clock in the morning. But you have to have that protein, what, four to five times a day you have to do that four, as well with the yogurt? Yes, four to five times a day. So then again at 1030, I'll have some protein, water, maybe a snack. Lunchtime, I'll have yogurt, protein, a snack, and maybe a salad. Uh, then again at dinner. And right before I go to bed, I'll do the same process. And like I said, there's different types of protein out there. All of them are uh, relatively good, but you need to research it. Some of them will fill you up more than the other ones. And you don't want to have that bloat feeling going around all day. You want it because it's going to be annoying to you. It's going to be irritating to your bowels. And the process is slow, so you'll be miserable until that moves. So you want to get a protein that's light on your stomach. So I advise you to try a few of them. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you this question. <clears throat> now, you're doing all those proteins, and you know you're a heavy eater because you already spoke to that. How does that affect when you smell that aroma? Because you're talking about smelling good food I still, and your appetite. How does that, does it change? Is it, it does, the same? First of all, let me, let me clear this up. Your appetite mm -hmm. does not change. 
the desire to eat food does not change. That's never going to change. If you was a heavy eater, you're always going to want to be a heavy eater. But what changes is the ability to eat that much food. Because when you consume so much food, you will be in so much pain that after about five times of heavy eating, I promise you will never eat heavy again. But what I do is I may eat five small times a day or six times, you know, because it's already recommended as a daily diet for anyone. That's right. So I may have six small meals to satisfy my desire to eat because I can't eat a large portion at one time. So I have to wait until it goes down and then I, I still, I'm still hungry. And actually they say the surgery helps your stomach to think that you're full and that you won't have this appetite, but that's not true. My stomach still says, you want to eat. You're hungry. Because of that, I keep myself moving. I keep myself busy. I stay motivated from sun up to sundown. I try not to even look at my bed. I don't even want to get in it because I have plenty of time to sleep. I've been sleeping for the last 30 years. I'm good. If it's not nighttime, I don't even want to lay down. So I want to stay moving because I know I still love the We're eat. getting invaded by a flock of birds, people. They yes. love, they feel the energy of love. <laughs> and so they're coming around here and they follow me like Dr. Doolittle. But go, <laughs> go ahead. And uh, so your appetite is going to always be there, but your, your desire is going to always be there. Uh, try to make healthier choices. And whatever you do, stay busy. Now, you spoke about all these things. And now I know for a fact one thing that motivated you to get your story out was what? What did you do so that you could reach everyone in your own personal spaces to be able to understand his full story? I actually inspired to write a book. And my wife actually inspired me. She's she's a very uh, ongoing person. She loves getting into everything, doing everything, and devils and dabbles and everything. There's nothing she can't do. So if she tell you her whole full list, you, you'll, say, unpaid. you'll say it's not true. <laughs> but I promise you it is true. So she inspired me to write a book. And I wrote a book currently called Bariatric Surgery and Spirituality. Okay. And to give more details about why I named it that is because, first of all, the bariatric surgery, but the spirituality mm-hmm. is very important. And I'll tell you why. You're gonna always you're gonna always want Go ahead. God in your life. And no matter what kind of religion you have, we all know that there is a higher being. Mm-hmm. And even though I had a great relationship with him, when I had the surgery and before I had the surgery, my my faith was renewed. And right. I leaned on, on him a little bit more and I asked him for things. I prayed for things for me and for my family. And I can tell you today that my prayers were answered. So I know I know God loves me. And right. I, one thing I prayed for is to not ever have this incident going through my body again. Well, at that point, my A1C was 9.6. And that's with insulin. Today, not even a year later, my A1C is 4.6, and I haven't been on any insulin All since right, my surgery. So I know God exists. God has blessed God has blessed me, and He's also taken away the high cholesterol. He's He's helping lower the high blood pressure. Some people don't get discouraged because all your symptoms are not healed from the surgery because 
I was hypertensive when I was small. So it, hypertension is not a small or a big thing. It, and neither is diabetes, but particularly hypertension. However, I, I went from taking about six to seven blood pressure pills a day to taking two a day. And so I'm still blessed and I'm grateful for what God gave me. Whatever God gives me, I'm going to accept and receive it and, and, and be grateful. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, telling your story. I know that you have more to tell and more to write about and more to let people know. And um, if anybody wants to know any more details about it, they can, um, of course, go to the site. Booming Your Face podcast to decide to get more in-depth detail or check out for the book on Amazon because that's where you can reach it or even at Barnes & Noble. But what I'm going to say is if you were struggling, it doesn't just have to be this. It doesn't have to just be this particular thing about weight. Sometimes you could be, because I met a young lady this week and it had a body image in the group. And she was only 100 pounds. So your body image is a problem that's deeper than just the surface of what you look like. It really could just be something going on with your mental health. So either way, reach out, talk to someone. If you need some information, me to help you along your journeys, just Mary Kearney at Booming Your Face Podcast. Email to me and I'll be more than willing to help you get whatever resources in touch with you that you need. Now, Mr. Kearney, is there anything else you want to tell people about yourself? Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, I'm currently working on uh, my second book to the surgery, and it's called Living Life After Bariatric Surgery, and it'll be available in March on my yearly anniversary because I had the surgery last year in March. So somewhere in March, I'm going to publish my next book, and I want you all to read it. And this one shows the progress, different pictures of weight changes, how I've... uh, I'm trying to master my body again and take back my life. All right. That sounds awesome. Thank you, Mary, for interviewing me. (laughs) There's no problem. You know I'm going to do that. But also what I'm going to say is that it's also going to be a part where we're going to actually speak to couples that are going through this same issue because it's a life change for not just the one person. It's for everybody in the family, but also the partner in the situation. So we need to let those voices be heard as well. Come on back, check it out. Give us your input, your feedback, your comments. We, we accept it all, we love it all, we need it. And you take care. Listeners, I want to thank you again for joining me for another episode of Booming Your Face. Please remember to support the podcast on the website. As a reminder, if you'd like to share your Booming Your Face music or share your Booming Your Face moments, or just want to join in the conversation, reach out and email me at boominyourface616 at gmail or visit the website and sign up for the newsletter and share your stories. I'm your host, Mary Kearney. Be blessed. Boominyourface. 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 Boominyourface.